Hey, this is Katrina Foe from NutritionalPilates.com, and you are listening to Jeffrey Smith at Vroom Vroom Veer Podcast. I want to remind you that you can work on preventing cancer now. Just put the donut down. <laughs> there you go. That's what you get in a moment. Drop the mic. Put that donut down. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, I'm going to hit stop on the recorder. I'll be right back. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Vroom Vroom Veer with Jeff Smith, where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Jason Bahamundi. Thank you so much for being on Broom Broom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going great, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate your time. This is fun so far. Pre-show chat. We're already laughing, so I know it's going to be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> so you are at runtrymag.com. So talk a little bit about what you're most excited about in your business today. I can't tell you uh, how perfect timing of a question that is. Our next digital magazine drops in two days. And so while there's the stress of assembling it, editing it, and making sure it looks all pretty for everybody, we have a handful of stories that resonate so much with me that it actually brought tears to my eyes this morning. So I'm super excited about that. That's, a, that's one of those things that tells you you're on the right path. <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, um, right. we shared it out a little bit today on uh, Instagram and and Threads, the new Threads app, which we're all, you know, I, I likened to being at a New Year's Eve party where, you know, nobody and everybody's just bumping into each other, oh, introducing wow. themselves. Yeah. And uh, but as I was uh, typing the post and sharing it, you know, it was exactly that. It was like, you know, we are the voice of the everyday athlete. And we have stories from everyday athlete and athletes and they're overcoming obstacles to get to where they are today. So it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like a blast. As soon as you said that, I was like, man, that sounds like fun. I'm going to tell a story later on. I'll tease this out a little bit. So back when I was like, uh, huh, somewhere between 18 and 20 and in Japan in the Air Force, I did this thing. Um, what did they call it? It's like a re 24 hour relay, but we'll do the details later. <laughs> <laughs> so don't let me forget that because it was pretty fun. <laughs> Absolutely, will not. I want to hear it. Yeah, cool. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about you and room room beer. Means we have to go back in time and and ask you a bunch of awkward questions and make you squirm a little. Um, so <laughs> where where did you grow up, Jason? I was born in New York. Grew up in the Bronx predominantly, um, as you can tell from my my hard Southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I think most of the New York is gone already. You're, you're homogenized yeah, like me. It's it's still there when we talk about pizza, cannolis, and bagels. But yeah, I'm a, okay. I'm a New Yorker at heart. So I gotcha. grew up as a Puerto Rican kid in in New York, and uh, so that's my back. You know, that's kind of where I started, I guess, and. and Oddly enough, it's kind of what drives me to what I'm doing today. Wow. Okay. So are you still in the Bronx or did you move at some point? No, I left New York about, gosh, 16 years ago. 
Okay. Uh, lived in Dallas, Texas for a number of years, lived in Phoenix for a couple of years. And now I guess you could say we're living a nomadic life, moving oh, around nice. and Ooh, cool. trying to find permanent home. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. No, no. You keep, keep going until you don't want to leave anymore. Right. That's a- exactly. <laughs> My wife teases me whenever we're out somewhere in the world could be anywhere. Right. And I'm walking around and, and I'm just vibing in that place. I, I say, you know, I could live here. And she just laughs at me and she says, you say that all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Same. Same. I've spent time in Manhattan beach and Huntington beach. I've spent time in Sebastopol and, you know, Northern California. I've been to Portland and like every stop I've been to Denver, I'm like, man, I could see myself living here. This looks like a cool place. Yeah. 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 I think, I think usually, so my wife wants to be like in a city where she can go to shopping and see shows. So she needs to be city close. Right. But I, you know, have no interest in those other than, you know, need to keep her happy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I want, I, I think it, when you're on a vacation, right, you usually go someplace like with nature and you go out in the woods or you go out in the desert or whatever, right? And that's when I'm going, ah, oh, man, it would be cool to live in this little village. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's like three <laughs> hours away from civilization. I'm like, oh. <laughs> anyway. well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote with your wife on this one. I, I need to be near a city too. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, you know, I get it, but, you know. Whatever. Maybe when we're really old. <laughs> okay. So what were you like in high school? What was high school like for you growing up? You know, I, I, I played the sports, you know, baseball, basketball, football. Wow. Okay. Um, and, in, and enjoyed, yeah, enjoyed the, the, the high school sports scene and making friends. And, you know, it's, it's weird though, right? Because you're always still trying to figure out where you fit in with people. And so different athletes playing different sports. So you're members of different groups, but I also consider myself a lifelong learner. So I'm going to hang out with the kids that are reading books and, you know, asking them questions about tests that are coming up and just hanging out with them too. So, you know, I don't want to say jack of all trades, but I would float around, I guess is the best way to describe it. Okay. So you are like ambassador, but athletic. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you didn't didn't want to get clicky, right? No, as I'm answering this question, I'm thinking to myself, it's a huge part of who I am today. Like I will just talk to people on the street, talk to people in the grocery stores. Right. You know, I'm, I'm intrigued by the human experience. And so I want to know everything about everybody in a sense, I guess you could say. And so that's probably, I probably didn't recognize that in high school, but as I've gotten older and running run tri mag, it's exactly what it's like is just talk to everybody to learn from them and their stories and Mm. apply those lessons to your own life. Right, right. Yeah, I <clears throat> I just got uh I'm texting with this guy who I grew up with and I've known him since <sighs> it's controversial. He says kindergarten, I say first or second grade. <laughs> 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 and neither one of us actually remember. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I've known him a while and he just recently sent me a text and it was like this black and white picture of what he called the overachievers club (laughs) and he was in it it. (laughs) yeah he was in it i was not (laughs) says a lot (laughs) says a lot right 
Um, so he said, you remember this? You, among other people, interviewed us, the, uh, the Overachievers Club, and I just love that name. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as I look at those faces, like a lot of them, my buddy, okay, he's like a master's degree in chemical engineering, super nerd, but oh my God, <laughs> right? Super smart. One of those math brains. But the, the quarterback of the football team was there. A guy that ended up being an Air Force pilot was there, right? All of these, like, jockey smart kids were also, like, I mean, I, it's, like, not what you'd see in the movies, right? Like, you're one thing. It's, te- yeah. it's never that. It, nobody's one thing. That, right. <laughs> so you were definitely not one thing. You were the athlete. Definitely were, not. Right, right. Definitely. And I think it's fascinating. You know, the, the question like, well, who were the three, four, five people you'd invite to, to a meal and sit down with, you know, and I always think about who that would be for me. And it's just like this eclectic group of people. Like it's, and yes. they're not all going to have the same views and perceptions on life in general, I guess you could say. And so I guess that that would be how, you know, I, I that's how I was in high school and, and have led my life up until today. Sure. No, I think that's huge. You know, like uh, I could use an example I sat next to this engineer um, and we were doing like a, a I, can't, I have to remember how the story went. So one of the guys was a, 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 one of the officer's wives was doing her master's thesis and we had to watch this video of a court case, right? Like, is this company liable, right? And I just watched the video and just let intuition kind of like go, yeah, it's their fault. <laughs> they want to wheeze a lot of this, right? But it's their fault, right? This this dirt that they were supposed to prevent from falling on people fell, right? That's their fault. You know, you could argue about right. <laughs> whether or right. not it was literally their fault, right? But this engineer lady next to me, right? She was doing math to figure yeah. out. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, okay, got it. So up until that moment, I didn't realize that like different people think differently, like literally the process of thinking for them is different, which is fascinating to me. Fascinating. I couldn't agree more with you. It's fascinating. It's just, people are just so amazing. Okay. So uh, I am assuming you went to college after high school. I don't know that though. I did. I did okay. go to college after high school. So where did you go? I went- did you study? Yeah, I went to SUNY Oswego, which is about four and a half hours north of New York City, um, right on Lake Ontario, nestled in between, I guess you would say, Rochester, Syracuse, and Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, Nice spot. And the question you yeah. So here's the thing, like, and this leads to what I studied. But anyway, so they're really smart. Because Oswego is really, really cold in the winter. But they bring you up there, you know, late spring, and it's breezy, and it's beautiful. <laughs> and to what we were talking about earlier, you're like, I can see myself living here, yeah, right? right, right. And then you go there, and it snows seven inches in October, and you're like, oh, what my goodness. Did I do? What am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so true. I get it. But here's, here's my answer to your question. So back in the day, today, students don't have to do this, but back in the day, you'd go to a bookstore to buy the textbooks that your teachers were um, using for the semester. Right. And I knew I was going to be a business major, but I walked over to the accounting books because I love math. 
Okay. And the accounting book was like three inches thick. And just to the right of that was the marketing book, which was like, I don't know, an inch thick. A pamphlet. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, I was like, that's my major. And I just, that's the size of the book decided what I was going to study. You and I are similar. Yes. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I picked up the marketing book and I was like, let's go. We're going to be marketing majors. That's awesome. And mostly because of the thin book. Lit, not mostly, all only of it. because of the thin book. <laughs> that's that's quite an insight for a youngster just just getting into college. So good for you. Yeah, you know, you're on campus. You're like, this is going to be fun. We're going to be partying. You know, freedom from your parents. Yeah. Why do I want to be? Why do I want to be behind closed doors reading this three inch accounting book <laughs> when I could read this one inch marketing book and probably just skim it for all I'm for all that matters actually. <laughs> I remember that uh, a similar experience that I took something like business marketing and had the word marketing in it when I was doing college in the Air Force. And the class was just super easy. Right. And then I think I got an A. You know, if I remember, it was either an A or a B, but well, good enough. Right. And it came along that uh, I needed another business credit. And just like you, I went, oh, hmm. That has marketing in the title, but it seems like it might be pretty much the same. So I had to ask somebody if I could get away with taking that too. And they said yes. And I'm like, whoo, it was literally the same shit <laughs> that I already knew was easy. Yes. So yay, marketing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay. So, all right. So you finish your marketing degree mm-hmm. and you also like get a cum laude and beer drinking, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. I've pledged the fraternity my first week on campus. And all right. It was, it was all, depending on who you are, either all uphill or all downhill after that. <laughs> all up, all up. <laughs> So okay, so let's let <clears throat> let's digress and talk about some parties. I, I've I've it's kind of rare now these days, so that I get yeah. to talk to Gen Xers. So you might have <laughs> had something like an uh, animal house kind of experience. You nailed it! Oh my goodness, <laughs> did you nail it? I lived in a frat house my senior year. Wow! And great. We uh, we decided one. Yeah, <laughs> we we decided one day to paint the basement floor red because that was our fraternity colors one of our fraternity colors and you know geniusly decided to also have a party like later that week right and so you've got fans down there trying to dry the paint (laughs) and stuff and you invite all these people down there and there's beer spilling everywhere and i mean if you walked out of that party with paint below your knee you weren't there for more than five minutes if you were there for more than five minutes you had paint up to your waist because it was just (laughs) splashing everywhere it was such a mess. <laughs> it was such a mess. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Fun party, though. Oh, it was a blast. Living in that frat house was everything. I mean, it was it was like Animal House. You had, I think there were 15 of us in that house. Oh, my goodness. Wow. It was, it was crazy. It was crazy. That sounds like fun. I think I missed you know what they, something. <laughs> so, to, so recently, Netflix announced the... Uh, the subscription sharing service that they're cutting off, yep, right? Yep. So 
most people probably don't understand this either. So we used to have cable, right? That would be connected to your house. It didn't come in through your smart TV. Right. And Back at our frat day. house, <laughs> yeah, at our frat house, there was one cable from the pole all the way to our house and like 15 splitters. So we had one cable, we had like one <laughs> cable, cable bill. And you can <laughs> only one watch one channel. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, and we're all like, it's the summer and everybody's sitting in their rooms doing whatever they're doing. And all of a sudden you just hear a whole chorus of, oh, shits pardon my french yeah what, what happened here the cable company finally figured out after like three years that there was a house of 15 guys paying 50 dollars for cable and they should have been paying close to a thousand dollars and the guy snipped the cable from the pole like you could see it whipping down as he, as he cut it and no more cable to the frat house for that summer oh, it was hilarious that's that's at the best <laughs> Yeah, you know, was that before or after you had to have a box for every TV? Did that you, was did you have before? To have a box? Okay, so you didn't have did to not have, have a box. to have a box. Wow! Nope. So it, yeah, whatever was on the wire, every TV got. Every TV got. That's ah, exactly right. That's the best. <laughs> 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 yeah, I remember those days. It was almost like they treated cable like an advanced antenna. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly right. Great way to phrase it. (laughs) Anyway, we digress, but that's awesome. Okay. So you finish, you've got cum laude and beer drinking and beer pong and keg stands. Okay. Got it. And then you've got a bachelor's degree in some sort of business marketing, something like that. Correct. All right. So then what do you do next? You go out and get a job. I, I take it. I, I go and apply for all the jobs and get rejected by all the jobs. (laughs) <laughs> and a buddy of mine who went to a different college, we were friends in high school, gets a job at this company because his mother knows a lady who works there. Yeah. And I say to him, okay, well, yeah, I say to him, can you get me a job there? <laughs> yeah. He's like, sure, let me see what I can do. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, I'm working at the same uh, place that he's working. It's called Active International. It's in, it's in Rockland County, New York, still there. Um, and it was my first foray into marketing and advertising through media. So okay. it was really, really interesting. Fun. <clears throat> so what, what, what sorts of stuff were you doing or what were you selling, I should say? It, it was wacky, Jeff. So <laughs> we, it was a, is a barter company, right? So, barter, you know, you go okay. back, back to yesteryear, right? I'll give you one goat for two cows, right? And so what wow. we did is we went to a company like, you know, Black & Decker. And we said, give us all of your excess inventory. And in exchange for that, we'll get you commercial time on TV via oh, wow. uh, via the U.S. as well as via uh, international Canada. I worked on the international side. And then we would call the TV station and we would say, hey, we need a commercial for Black & Decker. But instead of giving you cash, we want to give you drills and screwdrivers and whatever <laughs> else Black & Decker had, right? That's and wacky. Did it work? It's wacky. Yes, it worked. <laughs> wow. It was wacky. Interesting. You know, and, and what is you know, TV, I had to learn. What is the TV station going to do with all these drills? Man, I couldn't tell you. But, but they took them. You know, wow. Yeah, clearly I was good at my job because I was able to sling ocean spray juice bottles and Black & Decker drills and laptops and wow. desk chairs wow. for airtime for our clients. Yeah, it was. it's wacky. That's yeah. fun. It is super wacky. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But, you, you know, all these dollar stores that you see – here you know that's it's all excess inventory so a lot of that stuff would get shipped to those guys and then you've got 
you know, countries all across the world that, you know, maybe Americans don't want. Sell ship it, it to the, right. Yeah, ship it overseas and they'll use it. And so it's, it's an interesting business model. It was wow. wacky as all get out and trying to figure out Canadian taxes on products while you're, you know, living in America and like still trying to sling black and decker drills is it, it was something let's put it that way it was something this this reminds me of this story that i heard i don't remember where somewhere on a tv show or a netflix show or something so you know how every year there's a super bowl and immediately after the game everybody's putting on shirts right with the winner on them right yeah so they have to make shirts that say both teams won right yeah so they then when the other teams you know, they can't have those in America or Canada or anywhere where the NFL is a thing. Yep. <laughs> so they take them and they send them overseas somewhere where nobody knows what the fuck that means. <laughs> 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 so, you know, I think there's a team, Buffalo, right, I think has been in the Super Bowl and lost more than any other team. It's between yeah. them and Minnesota. I don't remember. Correct. But, yeah. All right. So if you go overseas, you can get these shirts. <laughs> 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 that looks like your team's the best team ever. <laughs> I just thought that was awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, all right. So you have this job and eventually you decide, fuck this. I, I got to get, get out and do my own thing. Right. So let's talk about yeah. that transition story. Yeah. So I, I worked in media, buying and selling media and advertising for, 25, 26 years. Wow. And uh, then the pandemic hits, right? Okay. And at the time, I'm working for a company called Travel Host. And as you can imagine, with the word travel in your name during a global shutdown, right. it's not it's the greatest be, things yeah, in yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but that being said, I was super fortunate that my mentor, Bill Schroeder, kept me on and uh, kept me on as a consultant with another gentleman by the name of Al. And it was the three of us running this pirate ship. We used to have a staff of, I don't know, 10 or 12. And now it was three of us, you know, pirating this pirate ship across <laughs> these rough seas. And, uh, wow. you know, we, we had a blast doing it. Like, I'd laugh so much in the time, after, like, during the pandemic after, you know, everything was like we were scared to shut the company down and everything else. But, man, we had such a good time doing it. And one day, Bill got a phone call asking if he was interested in buying Texas runner and triathlete magazine. And he looked at me and he said, do you want to handle this phone call? Cause I have no interest in it, but you being an endurance athlete might. Okay. And so I had a conversation with the owner. And when I tell you that her asking price may as well have been Pluto and my <laughs> offering price was, you know, somewhere here on earth, right. that's as close as we were. Right. Like, I mean, I was literally offering her pennies on the dollar. Okay. And I got, she's like, and she, rightfully rejected my offer. And, uh, right. you know, I said, I can't buy your company. She said, well, I can't sell it to you. And we got off the phone and I looked at Bill and I said, I don't need to buy the company. I can do this on my own. It was oh, like wow. this okay. crazy epiphany. And, uh, right then and there started to build the, the run tri mag business immediately. Wow. Just that day, just that day, just like that. Wow. Cause just basically that conversation was like, well, I, I don't need her. I can just make my own. Exactly. Well, so, and if you think about this, right, so we printed a physical magazine at the time. So I had printer access through travel hosts. I've been in marketing and advertising and sales for media for 20 plus, 25 plus years at so that time with the Dallas know. Morning News. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
and I had been a blogger, one of the original bloggers for endurance sports back in the day as well. So I just called a bunch of my contacts from the blogging days and asked them what could a new endurance sports magazine in this space do different from other businesses that are out there today. Okay. Um, and I just took my cue from them, added my experience and the access to the things that I needed and started building a business, literally started building a business. Just boom. Well, just boom. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, as I'm thinking about that, like I'm trying to think about like what sorts of things make a magazine, right? So you got yeah. ads with glossy yep. pages Yep, and then you've got articles that are laid out that look like magazine articles, and you had kind of done both already. Correct, <laughs> nailed it. Correct. <laughs> so, what's stopping you is basically. So, okay, I have questions. Were you planning to do a physical magazine at that point, or just a web zine kind of? Thing? Yeah, no, we planned on doing a physical magazine. Okay, um, we we were printing physical magazines with travel hosts, so I knew the cost of printing a physical magazine, okay. um, which to most people's surprise isn't that high. Okay. In all actuality, we were printing TV guide size magazines. Okay, so and they were about thirty-two pages, forty pages, so really wasn't a ton of material. Right. And so we, the printing part was super easy and, and very cost effective for us. Um, the okay. shipping part was, <laughs> was, That's was the nightmare. <laughs> that was the problem. Wow. That was a big problem. Huh. We were, we were printing at the time five, between five and 7,000 copies right. every two months okay. and shipping to about 200, 250 stores across the country, 10 to 15 magazines each so that they could hand out to their customers free of charge, no cost to them. Um, but the United States Postal Service, like on day one, our cost was X. On day two, it was X plus one. On day 10, it was like X plus 50. And it was like, just keep going yeah. higher and higher and higher. And so we just converted it to a digital magazine instead. That is weird. Yeah. <clears throat> the way the Postal Service treats magazines is odd. <laughs> yeah. It was super, super expensive. <clears throat> I don't get it. But anyway, okay. Yeah. It makes more sense anyway nowadays. Like... uh yeah, I think like being just online kind of, but a magazine online is different than a, a, a website. So you're, you're still making something different. We are still making something different. We're yeah. still putting together the same look and feel. And with the software that's available today, when somebody turns the page, you can actually make the sound as if they're turning the page <laughs> in real life. You I like know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it fits that narrative. And we used to sell subscriptions and now we, ask you to subscribe to our newsletter to get the magazine. So we still have a subscription-based service, except instead of charging you for the magazine to cover shipping, it's free, and right. it comes in your email inbox every two months instead. Oh, nice. I like it. So let's talk a little bit about the idea behind this whole, like, you want, like, basically you want to convince a anybody, like me. <laughs> anybody. Could go out and you, do you some especially. sort of uh, <laughs> endurance sport. I'm not convinced. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. Like I, like I said, um, I'll go ahead and do that story. So like, uh, the closest thing I ever came to doing an endurance thing was this, I can't remember what they called it, but it was essentially a, we had, I want to say a 12 man relay team It was a 12 person relay team, right? Men, women, co-ed. And you have to, like, everybody has to do, we're at a track, and we had tents, sleeping bags, and we're, we're going 24 hours for charity, 
right? So how many ever people you've got on your team, when it's your turn, you've got to go run whatever it is, like a mile or a mile and a half or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, That was really hard. (laughs) (laughs) It was, was, go ahead. I was going to say, but you still remember it. Yes. And you probably can name your teammates and you could, (laughs) some of them at least. And, you know, you have the memories of it all. And so, and that's what endurance sports is. I have the memories. I don't remember the people. If I thought about it long enough, I could probably remember some, but there's more funny stuff, right? So like, uh, I think we started with 12 and we ended with nine, I think, or eight. (laughs) Um, Because people just said, meh, this sucks and left. Yeah. (laughs) And the way they played that was that just meant that you had to do more miles. (laughs) Whoever was still there. Like, well, that sucks. But the uh, the thing that I thought was most interesting was it was nearly impossible to sleep. Like, you had like in the beginning, you had probably more than an hour to try to nap if you could, right? Um, yep. And then I, I, after trying to do that a couple times, I was like, well, that's stupid because you don't sleep. Um, so then I decided, like, as I finished my lap, I went, I'm going to go take a shower. And I ran all the way to the dorm <laughs> and showered for, like, you know, 10 minutes or 20 minutes, with hottest water I could imagine, you know, and then dried off and ran back and just in time to run my lap. And, oh, my God, that was life-changing. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> it's a perfect example of problem solving during an endurance sports event, which is perfect, which is what endurance sports are. It's just a, a series of problem solving yeah, yeah. Uh, equations on your way to a finish line. There you go. So talk about, let's talk about how you got into endurance running and tries and things like that. Yeah. So I got into the sports back in 2007. I was voluntold to be <laughs> a member of the team in training, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Uh, half marathon, Westchester half marathon uh, event. And I, I was like, okay, sure. I, you know, I played, like I mentioned, football, basketball, uh, baseball in high school. So I, in my mind, I was still an athlete, went to the track and uh, I was in like a pair of high top Nike Air Jordans, not running (laughs) shoes, everything cotton, like, you know, crazy to think about today. And I ran a quarter mile around the track and my lungs were burning. I thought my heart was going to come out of my throat. I'm like, to your point, this sucks. Uh, But I walked a quarter mile. Then I ran a quarter mile, walked another quarter mile, picked up my stuff after doing a mile and went home and ran, you know, end up doing the race. Bonked big time, but I was enthralled with the idea of training and pushing your limits and, and, you know, trying to see what can come of it in terms of running uh, half marathon. And then to getting into triathlon, I, I was living in Texas and I had no zero people while I was there and joined a co-ed softball team. And one of the, two of the, two of the players were like, Hey, we're going to do this triathlon. And I was like, I'm a kid from the Bronx. I have no idea what a triathlon <laughs> is, but sure. Let's, let's sure. do it. Whoa. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Come to find out, they never registered for it. They never raced it, but I tried. (laughs) Wow. Um, And it was, um, you know, I just told this story the other day. Like, my swim training consisted of swimming 25 meters so and getting out of the pool and being like, I'm ready for this. And so, as you can imagine, on race day, I swam 25 meters and couldn't do the whole 300-meter swim. (laughs) And 
thankfully it was in a pool and I was able to pool walk a lot of a lot of the swim. Um, <laughs> but walk. again, okay. like the that's fire a, that's was a lit. Fun turn. Yeah. Good thing the it was fire in a was pool. Lit. Thank goodness I'd have been hanging off the side of a kayak. Um, <laughs> but again, it was it was one of those moments where I was like, "This sucked, but it was fun." Like, let's figure out what else we can do. And over the course of the last sixteen years, I've managed to finish eight uh, Ironman distance triathlons and eight hundred wow. mile foot races and a two hundred fifty mile foot race, and launch a business catered to uh, endurance athletes who are wondering if these sports are for them. So, yeah, I, I, it's <clears throat> weird because I checked out your, your website and you are literally talking to like everybody. It's like yeah, anybody that is sitting on the couch going, you know, what do I want to do with my life? I could go run an endurance event. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and that might be the funnest thing ever, right? That's exactly right. I mean, I told, you know, the conversation we had earlier was I'm the guy who's talking to people in the grocery store, right? Right. And so our website is exactly that, right? We're going to stop you in the grocery store and say, hey, why don't you come join us for this, you know, three mile run or two mile hike or come swim with me or let's go ride a bike together yeah. kind of thing. Because I just think that endurance sports brings so much more to our lives than fitness. It brings a, a mental um, component to it as well, where you're questioning whether or not you can do something. And then all of a sudden you're like, I can do this. Yes, and then that bleeds into other parts of your life. I just did that the other day. I don't know why, but I think I was listening to one of the podcasts with crazy people. <laughs> this today, today it kind of in, were included, <laughs> but like I, I got this like message probably from Tim Ferriss or one of his guests that doing something that your body, not you, like in your mind, you think, oh yeah, this is perfectly safe. But your body during this thing is the lizard brain is going to be thoroughly convinced that you might die. Yes. <laughs> Even though you know you're fine, right? You can do yeah. it. Yes. So the other day I was like bemoaning the fact that it was like 104 degrees in Vegas, right? And I was like, no, this is, this is good. You know, I should embrace this because I already know I'm not going to die. It'll be a pain <laughs> in the ass, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I do this dumb thing where I put on like a long sleeve shirt because I'm more worried about like sun exposure than, yep. than you know, the heat. Uh, and I bring like my bottle of water, right? <laughs> and I'm going, this is only going to last, you know, maybe 40 minutes max. And I've done that already, right? I've walked around in the desert with a bottle of water with a lot of clothes on for more than three hours. So I know I'm not going to die. <laughs> <laughs> but trust me, my body was arguing with that fact. Because <laughs> I think it was probably the most, the most heat I've ever de dealt with, right? So when I got to my garage, I was like... <laughs> But I was fine. You know, I got my electrolytes. I sat my ass down and I was like, that was fun. That's it. That was That's it. <laughs> so let's. You got it. Yeah. And the other thing that I noticed is um, there's, there's this huge community kind of component that you're joining and or creating. So talk a little bit about what the community is like when you're doing this. Yeah. So we're creating a community. Um, we have a couple of mottos. We, we are 
uh, we are the voice of the everyday athlete right? because we want to show um, that there is a spot at the starting line for everybody and every body. Right. Um, the idea of gatekeeping in these endurance sports is beyond my comprehension, right? If somebody finishes a marathon in seven hours versus somebody who finishes it in three, guess what? They both still finished the marathon. Right. So why gatekeep it? And so we're building this community to let people know that they're welcome at the spot, at the starting line with us. Um, and that's kind of how the whole business got started. Um, you know, at the time there weren't many media companies talking, um, to with and for females, LGBTQIA plus athletes, physically challenged athletes. And that's both visible and invisible, um, challenges, right. As well as people of color. I'm a Puerto Rican kid from the Bronx. Right. And, you know, I don't see many people that look like my family at starting lines, except for the two times that I raced in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And so, you know, when my family is like, dude, we don't do that stuff. I'm like, who's this we? I'm doing it. Like, come join me. <laughs> you got a like, mouse in your pocket? We? Who's this yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> who's this we? Exactly. And so I want to be able to be like at the tip of the spear for this movement mm. to let people know that they're welcome here. Um mm. You know, again, I, I've given you my accolades on doing these races, and I know some people might see that and be intimidated by it because they're saying to themselves, well, I can only do a 5K, but that's okay. I'll go do the 5K with you. Right. I'm good with that. Like, I don't right. have to always be doing the longest distances or running the fastest. I, I want people to feel welcome because, again, I do think that they just become better people as mm. they push themselves and challenge them, challenge themselves. And then I think there's a domino effect. Right. If they believe that they can overcome a challenge and take on something physical, then they can show somebody else that they also can do something challenging. And then that, you know, resonates throughout society. And so, yeah, we're we're basically, you know, year three coming up and our community is growing on a daily basis. And it's fantastic. As a matter of fact, on threads, again, the the new Twitter uh, competitor uh, social app, I met a Puerto Rican cyclist. And I just told you that I've yet to meet many Puerto Ricans that are in endurance sports. Right. Okay. And I'm wow. like, this is awesome. I just met a Puerto Rican cyclist. Right. And o- I got to get on threads, obviously. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. But, and it's awesome to me. I, I just like, I get so much satisfaction out of getting messages from people. Um, Hey, I was able to go and do this because I read a story on your website or something you posted on one of your social media pages or in the digital magazine, I'd like to tell my story too. Um, and over the years, we've had stories from people dealing with alcohol and drug abuse, right. people having to deal with being non-binary and telling their family and friends and how are they going to be welcomed in society to women coming back from pregnancies, um, people of color who are, you know, basically saying, I want to do an endurance sport, but I don't see other people at the starting line like me. I'm intimidated. How do I do this? Mm. Um, and it's been phenomenal. And the reaction from our community has been great. And um, I'm super excited to keep the ball rolling uh, on this on this company and this business. Sounds like you're having a blast. <laughs> I, I'm having... So- Again, there are stressful days. Don't get me wrong, right? Obviously. Um, but, you know, life but, is never perfect, right? Exactly. But I think one of the reasons that the advertisers advertise with us and partner with us is because of the passion that they hear when we're in the conversations. Because 
my girlfriend is a partner in the business. We have another partner in the business. So you have a female and you have uh, another younger male. He's 20 years younger than us and he's of Indian descent. And so you've got this sort of UN scenario just in our own offices, (laughs) right? right? And they can feel and hear and see the passion that we have for these sports from different angles. And I think that's what also brings advertisers and partners to the table because they're like, oh, it's not just this group of people doing this. It's a whole bunch of different people doing right. it and talking about mm-hmm. it and living the living it, not just saying it. it's actually the the radical inclusion that you you know, it's like literally we want everybody to show up. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's exactly right. <laughs> but you know, let's talk a little bit about <laughs> like just training with a community. Like when when you get people together, uh are they like hooking up with people where they live? Or, and then communicating with you through social and web and things like that? Yeah, so that's a great question. So what we do is we have a club spotlight on our website where okay. we invite clubs from all across the country to introduce themselves. And we vet them. We want to make sure that they are an inclusive club. Right. Um, and okay. we vet them. And we go through the process of checking them out and interviewing them. And then we showcase them on our website and then blast them through our social platforms so that people who live in those areas or near those areas can be a part of it. And then you have some teams that have coaches that do virtual coaching that they could connect to that way. So they don't actually have to live right. in the, okay. the locale. So a little um, bit of cover, Right. Yeah. The cover story for our upcoming issue is based on is team go big and they had, they are based out of Florida, but they have athletes all across the country that uh-huh. they coach and train. And then we'll end up meeting each other at a race somewhere where they all they've all agreed to race in a particular place so it's pretty cool that way yeah yeah so i I, the other thing that i thought of how fun it is right to do one of these races like i did um massage therapy school so i never Mm -hmm. actually did the bike race (laughs) get that off the table but there's this uh century ride in like the southern california or central california coast so they go somewhere central California for a hundred miles or 50 miles south and then go back north. So it's a hundred miles on a bike. And I, I taught you, so I'm just a student, right? I'm like, Hey, crazy person. How'd your ride go? Right. And I'm giving them a post ride massage. And they're like, I do this every year and I pay to do it because it's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing ride. Right. You it's exactly right. You don't get to do this outside of this event. You know, it's just an amazing ride. And I, I thought about, I was like, I ride, I ride a bike for fun, like not so much anymore because I'm in Vegas. But when I was in SoCal, like one of the most fun things I would do is just go out and ride like just for fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, it's the best. And, um, I accidentally did 25 miles <laughs> in, in a day, like one ride, Maybe a little bit less than 25 miles because as I was getting closer to home, I, I saw the bus and I was like, oh, put the bike on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I've had way too much bike fun today. Uh, but yes, so in the back of my mind, I was like, yes, that was that was a lot of fun. So let's just talk about like some of your races and, and what it's like. To, to run a hundred miles, you know? Yeah. Do you have like a team with you giving you bananas? So, <laughs> <laughs> Here, have a banana. Yeah. All right, keep going. 
<laughs> your question is timely as I posted this morning on LinkedIn, how do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. And <laughs> That's great. How, do you, how do you run a 100-mile race? Honestly, I, I don't run a 100-mile race. I run one mile 100 times. Um, okay. And so just staying in the present. But to, to answer your question, you do have a crew that is with you depending on how the race lays out. Some, if it's in a loop, they don't have to move too much. If it's a point-to-point, -point, meaning you're running from point A to point B, then they'll travel with you a little bit. Right. Um, but these races do have aid stations. They're typically anywhere between five and 10 miles apart. Um, so you're carrying a whole bunch of food and water and liquids to begin with. Oh, you're carrying um, and them then when on you get, your rig. You've got like a rig. You're carrying them on you. Yep. Okay. And then you'll get to an aid station and you refill and um, make sure you have enough to get you to the next aid station, which again, like I said, is anywhere between five and 10 miles which might take you anywhere between an hour and five hours, depending on the terrain, depending on right. how high up a mountain you're going and on all kinds of stuff. Sure. But yeah, so and typically the hundred mile races will allow you to have a pacer with you. Um, some races will call it a safety runner uh, at mile 50. Others will be 60, 70 or 80, depending on the course and the terrain and stuff. But you're, you're able to have somebody accompany you, which is fantastic because you know, out there in the, in the woods and in the mountains for 10, 12, 15 hours by yourself, you know, it can get lonely, you know, there's, <laughs> you o think? there's only, but so much, <laughs> <laughs> there's only so much meditation you can do before right. you start, you know, seeing things and you get company <laughs> wow. and you start chatting and you have conversations. So it's, I got to tell you, like questions that pop up in the endurance sports space are, you know, what's your favorite distance to run? And I will always answer the hundred miler because of that scenario like you get to be on your own out there testing your limits pushing yourself seeing what you know you can do um versus a 5k which is three miles and the reason why i say that is because i'm more of a candle let me burn long and slow for 100 miles than be a really fast flame in a 5k like a match and, and i think that hurts more so it, it comes back to finding what you love to do mm. and doing it and not worrying about whether jason bahamundi is you know criticizing you for running a 5k and not a hundred miler if you want to run a 5k run the 5k don't worry about what anybody else thinks about it enjoy <laughs> right. yourself yeah yeah <laughs> it's about having fun and getting it out really there. is about having fun yeah and doing something and i bet like the hundred miler kind of like has that <clears throat> sort of like 24 hour kind of like vibe you know you know it's yes. like it's like not reality right and you yeah. don't get that in a 5k no, no. You, you know, and, and some hundred milers will have their cutoffs are anywhere between 30 and 36 hours typically. So, you okay. know, you might have people out there for a day and a half in some instances. And some of them that are really hard, you got 48 hours. But yeah, it's, it is that vibe where you're out there for hours on end versus 30 minutes, let's say for a 5k. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's more like, I don't even know how to describe it. A good conversation with God and yourself. <laughs> it, yeah. What was the, what was the, uh, book it's uh golf is a good walk spoiled right yes. oh man that's my quote man <laughs> i so agree with that it's a great way to spoil a nice walk yeah in this case a hundred mile race is a great way to enhance your walk because by the way unless you are superhuman you are not running a hundred miles all the way through you will be walking and hiking just understand that oh gotcha so that was going to be one of my questions you yeah, do there's literally no way. run for 100 nah, miles. <laughs> there's no way. 
<laughs> There's no way. I would say, depending on the race, races that I've done, depending on the course, yeah, I'd probably run 50 to 60 miles, and then you're walking 40 to 50 miles, hiking 40 to 50 miles, yeah. power it's, hikes. It's more like uh, depending on terrain. Like if you've Correct. got like a, a big steep hill, it's just inefficient to run up that. That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so you're, you're power hiking and walking and, right. you know, you, you, and you've got to judge, you know, your energy levels. Right. You know, how, if I, if I run it all now in 50 miles, what am I going to do for the next 50 miles? <laughs> <laughs> there's not, there's not a tank big enough. <laughs> That's right. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about like some of the folks that you see out there um, on the road with you, like, uh, right? Like, do you do you get to a chance to like commune a little bit with other other runners? And yeah, absolutely. Okay. And that again goes back to this idea of being the dude at the grocery store who just wants to talk to everybody. Right. Um, the last race I did, I didn't finish. I ran, I wound up running 31 miles out of the hundred and had to pull myself out. But prior to dropping, I ran with two guys from one guy was from Vegas actually. And the other guy was from Boston, Massachusetts actually. And we ran and we chatted for about 15 of those 31 miles. And I had a blast. I mean, they were telling me their stories of the different events that they participated in. They were asking me about, you know, run, try mag and what that was all about and my history in running and and I got to know those guys and then other events I've run with um, people from different abilities, you know, with that different issues that they were tackling and you just get to learn the human in them and get to really connect with them because you're all suffering. I mean, you're literally all suffering. So let's make the most of it, you know, as best we can. I will tell you, I did Cocodona 250, which is a 250-mile foot race. Oh, my God. From (laughs) Yeah. From Black Canyon City, which is just outside of Phoenix, all the way to Flagstaff. And you go up Lane Mountain. Oh, my God. You go up. It was was an experience. You go up Lane Mountain, and it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do, where I would take, like, five or six steps and then have to sit down. And then wow. take five or six steps and have to sit down. It was so hard. And wow, everybody's doing this all at the same time. And so there's right. just this camaraderie. Yeah. And you, 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 you apex the, the mountain yeah. and you run to this other area. And you're now around a fire pit. And now all of a sudden it's that the storytelling time, right? You're all <laughs> sitting around a fire pit. You're getting your gear. You're getting everything fixed up. And everybody's just telling stories about what just transpired, you know. Um, and then You're you may not see that your thighs and chafing and things. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you don't see that person for two more days. And then, you know, two days later you see them again and you're like telling that story again. And so, okay. So it's so an on amazing these super experience. long rides. Do you like, you have sleep breaks? Is that, is that what I'm getting in there? You, you kind of like take a break to like fireside chat kind of thing. How's that work? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's a great segue for our, our, our live interview show called Fireside Chats. <laughs> Thank you. you. No worries. <laughs> that marketing book worked that you, you used in college. Um, <laughs> Just got lucky. <laughs> so uh, what I will tell you is this. So I slept every night for about two or three hours. Um, okay. And then the goal was to run, move, cover 50 to 60 miles a day, up to 70 at most. And Sometimes in the midst of the day, you'd have to take a dirt nap. Like your body is just so exhausted. Your mind is so exhausted. And I would just lay down. Pass out. 
lay, <laughs> literally lay down in the middle of the trail, set wow. my phone alarm for 15 minutes, make sure that my pacer knew that after 15 minutes, you had, they had to wake me up to get going again right. um, so I could keep moving forward. So there are some sleep breaks. Other people do it all kinds of different ways. There are people who will go to bed for the full day, right? Get their eight hours of sleep in or whatever, and then wake up and then run really hard for okay. as long as they could and then take their eight hours, right? right. So wow. there's no one way to skin a cat in right. these events. You got to do, again, go back to the idea. You got to do what's right for you and what's going to make it the most fun for you. Interesting. Yeah. I, so I have all kinds of little detailed questions. Like, is there like a massage therapists on the road and like Ben Gay and, and big vats that you swim in or something? <laughs> So, uh, no. <laughs> so no, no, no massage therapist or big vats, but I carry a product, uh, from a company called prevail botanicals, which is a CBD bomb. Oh, so wow. I would rub that on my legs. Wow. I would rub that on my legs. CBD and, bombs uh, are awesome. T- They're bomb. Yeah. Yep. I would rub that on my legs. And then if you could find a smooth rock, kind of use that as a tool to scrape your muscles to break up the fascia so that they would get blood flow to them to help recover wow. a little bit too. Okay. Yeah. 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 How, how close are you to like needing to leave? Cause we've got three, three minutes till noon. Do you have a hard stop? We're, no, we're good. Okay. So before we forget, run trimag.com. Okay. I have more <laughs> questions. So I just do uh, like uh, this uh, neuromuscular therapy, sort of like trigger point therapy. Right. So yeah. when something hurts, like I got a book that tells me where I need to find that trigger point and, you know, alleviate that pain, albeit temporarily. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Right, right. So, like, I just did, like, this, um, whenever it's hip, okay, like, f- something in my environment, I'm uh, currently accusing this desk and this chair, it tears up. And all I'm doing is sitting here typing and, you know, very little work, right? But my hip hurts. And my shoulder hurts. So it's like, it takes me forever. When it's shoulder, I know what to do. That's easy. I've got like the little yoga therapy ball. I'm done. Right? That's that. But hip is like three or four different spots. (laughs) (laughs) And they're all very, very painful. So it's like I always procrastinate fixing the hip pain. It's like, uh, I know I have to do it, but do I want to? So are you like facing these sorts of things when you're out there like dealing with these? I don't think this hip is going to move anymore. What do I do about it kind of thing? I I will say I'm extremely fortunate that over the course of my 16 years on this journey, I've I've avoided severe injury. Nice. um, Mostly because on a daily basis – there is a core stretching and balance routine that I do okay. that takes anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes. You can do it while you're cooking. You can do it while you're working. Okay. Um, so it's a stand and up that has allowed, routine? Yeah. 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 And it's allowed me to avoid major injury over the 16 years. So while I do have an issue with my left hip, it's yeah. not one of those deals that stops me from doing what I'm doing um, because I, I address it basically on a routine daily basis. That's smart. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Don't procrastinate when, when, when something hurts, just go ahead and take the, take the medicine. Yes. You know, I had a coach tell me one time when I was playing back in high school and, and I think he borrowed it from somebody else, right? The best ability an athlete can have is availability. And so totally. in order for me to, 
to constantly show up to races and events. It's got to be, I got to be available to do it. Yes. Doing the, the little stuff, you know, leads to big achievements. Yes. You got to keep oiling the tin man. <laughs> you, you got it. Nice. <laughs> As I inch closer to 50 on a daily basis, it's even more important. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, hey, man, this has been a blast. I will, uh, let's wrap it up. So you are at runtrymag.com. If there's anything else you want to say about that, go ahead and do that as we wrap it up. Yeah, you can visit us at runtrymag.com backslash, backslash, excuse me, links. And okay. you'll also have access to our newsletter there, access to our um, YouTube channel and access to our podcast there as well. And the then you can follow, find us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. And you can find us on all the social media platforms using the same, uh, naming convention at run, try mag. Perfect. Jason, this is a blast. This was, I've had so much fun, Jeff. Yeah. I've had so much fun. This so is great. It's, it's always, it's, it's like, there's not enough Gen Xers left. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, t- turns out there's not many. There's not. There's this very small generation. So, us <laughs> us in our like late forties, early fifties, <laughs> right? There, there's just not many left. So, thanks for hanging out with me for about an hour and and uh, remembering cable and all the fun stuff we did. <laughs> <laughs> and TV guides. And TV guides. <laughs> all right, brother. You have a good one. You too, Jeff. Appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer.